0: Hey, today I, I want to dedicate my words to um, my dear friend Merritt, who passed away uh, this past week, and also to my dear friend Angyo, who will be born. And all of this in the realm of no birth, no death. So, I'd like to make that dedication of these words today. Right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort. And now the seventh spoke of the wheel. Right. Mindfulness, a word that we've heard a lot these days, which is wonderful. Uh, the more even distortions of mindfulness, <laughs> uh, the better. I want to begin with um, an understanding of mindfulness that might not be as uh popular, as conventional, as we might be experiencing. And I am going to speak from the point of view, I believe, and I intend, from Zen practice. And I want to quote something from Dogen, who is the founder of our school of practice, the Soto Zen practice. And it goes like this. What all Buddhas and ancestors have received, maintained and transmitted directly and simply is an ancient mirror. This is the same seeing the same face, the same realization. When a stranger arrives, a stranger appears. When a friend arrives, a friend appears. When the past comes, the past appears as one thought moment. When the present comes, the present appears. When a Buddha arrives, a Buddha appears. When an ancestor comes, an ancestor appears. The mind, the mind is a mirror. The fully realized mind, the mind of Buddha, is a clear mirror. The ordinary approach to mindfulness is some seems to me sometimes to be somewhat aggressive. What do I mean by that? We're trying to catch the moment. Be mindful, Be, be aware of this, be aware of that, be aware of that, don't lose your concentration. And so we're chasing, it's almost like trying to hold water, trying to be in the present moment and it's always slipping away. And there's a kind of frustration that sets in because we're trying too hard. We're, We're imposing too much on the world. The mirror is receptive, the mirror doesn't try to do anything. It sits there waiting for something to appear. Something comes, like those cameras we installed, the security cameras, they're like, just there waiting <laughs> For some motion to appear just occurred to me. They don't ding anymore when, when something comes, but but they're just sitting there, completely receptive, not trying to do anything, not trying to control the moment, to try to hold on to it, to try to be present in it, but to simply be available to it, like a clear mirror. This is our original mind. There's more to be said about this in more esoteric teachings, but we're not gonna go there today. Because I'm using a, a metaphor that we can all understand, perhaps. Ultimately, we know there is no mirror and there is nothing appearing, but we'll leave that in the atmosphere somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's say we've got we've got this. We're using this metaphor for the mind, which I think is a very apt one. Dogen uses it uh, repeatedly. In fact, he has a, a complete fascicle called the ancient mirror. Because it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful way of imaging the pure mind, the mind, the Zen mind. What happens? What happens to this wonderfully receptive, open, clear mind that isn't trying to do anything? That's just wondering at the world, just waiting for something to appear, waiting for something to arrive and for us to be wondrous, amazed, and curious as to what that is. What is that? What is that that has arrived? So what has happened? What We call what has happened hindrances things that get in the way of our clarity. And generally in Buddhist practice, we speak about five hindrances. I'm going to try to translate those hindrances into this image of the mirror. Those hindrances are attachment, wanting, Wanting to hold on, wanting to possess, wanting to control, aversion, don't wanting, <laughs> don't wanting that, being in denial about that, uh, not liking that, not wanting to pay attention to that, Aver- aversion, attachment aversion. These happen instantly. You you often can't control them. Something appears. Oh, I like that. Something appears like restlessness. Oh, yes. We can check that off. Uh, (laughs) Georgie, you like checking things off. Restlessness. You know, the mind is just all over. You know, this is very common in our practice. I didn't realize how busy, how restless my mind is. Monkey mind. Mind is all over the place. Restlessness, boredom. Oh, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> I'm just shutting down. Shutting down more, and perhaps one of the most prob- troublesome hindrances is doubt. I don't know, I don't know whether I'm up to this. Right? I, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> Why am I wasting my Sunday afternoon Just sitting here doing nothing? No. Not enlightened yet. I've been practicing for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on here? This is ridiculous. I'm I'm leaving this practice, this is no good. Okay, so attachment, aversion, restlessness, boredom, and doubt. So you've got this beautiful original, clear mirror, this mind that is open and waiting to reflect the world as it appears, as it is, as it is. And if you are burdened by attachment, the mirror might suddenly have all these ornaments around it. a Very ornamented mirror. And maybe it has little flashing lights or maybe some images start floating in that mirror that are very seductive. (laughs) Or maybe, you know, maybe it's a disco mirror, you know, that's like, wow, I I really want that mirror. (laughs) You know, that you get focused on the mirror instead of what is appearing. It's, it's a kind of self-centeredness. I, I want this, I'm preoccupied with my likes. This, I, yeah, this mirror really is, is a cool mirror. Um, I think I'd like it in my bedroom. So we're distracted by things that seduce us, that appeal to us, that feel good in that mirror. And we can't see what is appearing there, except our projections of all these glittering things that we might like to have or be. So we can't see ourselves. We just see all of those images that maybe we could look like, maybe we could be. Aversion. Maybe that mirror is a magnifying mirror. So when we look at it, we see something magnified many times over, and it's something we can't, we can't, we don't want to look at, because it, it's, it's too glaring, it's too, too minuscule. And of course, if you look at yourself in the mirror, I suspect, I suspect there's an element of, oh, look at that. (laughs) In me, look at all those wrinkles up there in the forehead. I haven't noticed those before, but it's magnified. It's like, if there's something about your face or your body that... that you are averse to, aversion, suddenly it's magnified. And no, I can't look at that. I'm too too fat, I'm too tall. I have blue eyes, I have curly hair, I have wrinkles, I have whatever. And I just see that, magnified. Or other things in the world that when you look at somebody you're having trouble with appears in the mirror and they they look (laughs) ferocious. (laughs) They look way beyond who they are. You're just magnifying their, their faults. Or on the other hand, even somebody who you appears in the mirror who you love, like my daughter appears in the mirror. But sometimes I actually see her faults. Like hey, Amy, I wish you had, I wish you didn't have short hair. <laughs> you had such beautiful hair. You should let it grow long. Yeah, it's immediate. It's aversion. It's immediate. Restlessness, the mind. That mirror that could receive. Just could receive just what appears, just what comes, is very shaky. It's not a stable mirror. It's just all over. You know, it doesn't have any balance. So things that appear in it just jump all over the place, and the mirror falls down <laughs> or or begins to wobble. And the mind is like that. It's. It's too shaky. It's not, it's not stable. The mirror isn't stable. And that's like a rest, restless mind. Restless mind is moving all over the place. So it cannot receive things as they are. They, you see things as j- jumping around as the mirror jumps around. Boredom. So maybe the this mirror has a layer of dust on it. It's just I'm just don't bother me. I'm I I don't you know I'm just so bored with you with it. Uh, I I just don't want to address it. I don't want to see. I mean I'm. I'm full of dust here. It's very dusty. And so nothing really penetrates because you're not, you're not able to penetrate that that kind of uh, we call it in, in Buddhism, torpor. It sloth, which is, I think the very sound of the word suggests <laughs> what? sloth, torpor suggests what that feeling is that that mind that's dull the mind that's dull maybe the mind that needs to sleep to rest in order to restore its vitality and then doubt so i had fun trying to Figure out how to describe this mirror relative to each of the hindrances, and the last one, the hindrance of doubt, suggested to me a funhouse mirror. Distorts everything. (laughs) You look in there, and your eyes are over here, and your nose is here. And what's you know what's That's not, that's not true. (laughs) There's something really distorted about that. So you see everything, what we call in in Buddhism, delusion. We're, we're, We're seeing things in a very distorted way based on our preconceptions, causes and conditions, the state of our minds. And so this original, this original clear mind, can we, can we access it? It is such a relief. It's such a relief to dwell in this mind. You don't have to try. You don't have to try hard to do anything except receive. and Just kind of walk through the world, allowing things to arrive and appear in your mind. And in order to do this, it's helpful to let go, Of your biases, your preconceptions, your expectations, your filters, that's a lot to get rid of. polishing the mirror, windex, vinegar, zazen. Sometimes we can access this mind, this original mirror, this clear mirror, when we sit, but sometimes it takes a long time for this mirror to get clearer. When things appear, images, animals, trees, the sun, the moon, people, the mirror is not disturbed. (laughs) Something appears It's there and it disappears. Just as we say, the birds flying through the sky don't disturb the sky. The sky remains the sky. And so when things appear in the mirror of your mind, they register, but they don't disturb. The mirror just registers what comes, what arrives, and responds, it's not that the mirror doesn't respond, it's not disturbed, but it responds with, I see you. Welcome, goes a little further. I see you, welcome. What is this? Who arrives? Speak, show. What is needed from me right now? You're, You're basically having this curiosity about what has shown up in, in this mirror. Because sometimes it's quite surprising and sometimes it's quite it can be quite scary. But you're not disturbed by the scary. You just rec- recognize it as this is scary. But your recognition is the recognition of a mirror of just yeah, I see this. As Ross and I have been, Udaigan and I have been talking about mirrors lately, um, every mirror, and this, this is for another talk, perhaps. Every mirror, in order to be genuinely reflective, needs to have a dark side. Right? Otherwise, it's transparent, right? It's just glass. So I'm going to invite you to consider if you have this original mirror mind, what is its dark side? And I'm going to suggest a little clue to the possible ways to explore this. Is without self, then you have a dark side. If your mirror is without self, then it can reflect what arrives. Otherwise, you cannot reflect. It just passes right through. So I would suggest that a way of understanding this mirror image that I'm offering today is from the point of view of Dogen, abandon self. Abandon self. Dark side. No self. Accept reality. Be a mirror. Abandon self. Accept reality. Abandon self. Become dark. Go dark. Then you can see things as they are then you can actually reflect things as they are.